Hi, and welcome to this episode of Keen Minds. This is our 67th episode, a season six wish list. I'm Jen, aka Takata Cycle. And I'm Tessa. And welcome back. And we are very excited. We're almost yes. here. I think we, honestly, I especially me, because I, I was a little, little more, uh, <laughs> a little more hurt after Angrier last season. Ang- I ang- was angrier. Yeah. Not okay. sure that loyalty uh, could be expected. Something like it. Ah, uh, hurt. Potentially angry, a lot of bitter. Um, but, you know, I needed some time off. Uh, so the, the hiatus was good for me. Um, and I also feel like I've had a bit of a learning curve because I've been writing my own scripts for a, for a spec show that I'm working on. So even though... Oh, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Tessa's been reading them. She's been <laughs> been looking at them for me. Um, and so I feel like I've had a little bit of a learning curve. And hopefully as I get each step further in, you know, pitching these and that sort of thing, I, I will continue to have a learning curve with it. But certain things that I've complained about over the years with the writing, it's like, no wonder they did such and such. They didn't have time. They've got 60 pages to write this in and then they have to, you know, knock it back to a what, 47 or so? I mean, uh, by the time, I mean, if you've got a, you know, a minute per page estimate there. And so that just writing these episodes and, and working that has been a real experience. And once again, I am, <laughs> it's thrown in my face that I, there is so much that I don't know that I don't know about the, uh, about the industry. <laughs> so I think that probably we should say that there is a tiny little bit of an apology there. Hmm. To the writers, just a tiny bit. Uh, there's more understanding. I always said that the reason I was so upset is because I know how good they are. I, I stand by that. Mm-hmm. I think they're excellent. Um, I think they have been excellent since season one. Do I agree with the direction? No, the the, the, <laughs> the killing of Tom was like, that will uh, always always and and once again, as we discussed last year, um, it's it's going to remain. The, the ending will be a deciding factor for me. There could be an ending here, and I hope there's an ending that makes me go, all right, it all makes sense. Whether I like it, whether I don't, I just need it to make sense. Mm-hmm. And that is going to lead in very well to, this is our season six wish list. This is what we want, what we're, well, not just wish list, but wish list, what fear we're- Fearless. Fearless. It's the fearless, the <laughs> wish list, and the, oh, please don't do wish list. <laughs> For the sake of everything, don't do this. (laughs) There's a couple of those. And so we opened it up to our listeners, and you guys answered so well. Thank you. We had a lot of response on this. It was really exciting. And so um, do you want to just switch off and and you read one, I'll read one, and kind of discuss? Let's, yep. Why don't you so start? the first the first use I don't know how to say Misha eighteen nineteen eighty one I guess uh sorry I don't know how to pronounce your 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 handle um she she wants to finish Tom's story she wants more on Agnes and decent answers and and she qualified the decent answers by answers that are not possibly can mean three things at once (laughs) that's fair (laughs) i think that is very fair i I think that the tom story i I, she's a very big fan and and a fan of the podcast and i think that i think 
that's fair to say that most of Tom fans wants to finish that story. Uh, I think that that we all feel that we are owed that, that we are owed to understand because there were so many questions that are still pending. And as a huge Tom Keen fan, not that that's ever been in question, I would love more on Tom's story. I don't expect it because, once again, there is a limited amount of time. And, I mean, we're looking at the last season, maybe a little bit more on a season seven. It just depends on what they can wrangle out at the end of six. Um, and so, so let me put it to you. You don't think that Tom's story is tied up to the general canon of the blacklist? I don't the know. I, I really don't know. I I have said for a while, and I still say that I think Katarina's alive. If she doesn't, if she isn't, then I feel very, very misled on that. <laughs> um, but if Katarina's alive, then I think Tom's story matters. Because that was so paralleled with the, the, the um, uh, honey trap. And the falling in love with the mark. And just the two yeah. stories were so paralleled that I feel like if Katarina's alive, then Tom's story, his story matters. And, you know, and I also, yeah. Um, but we'll save our own wish list for, for the end. How would, what would, how would you say about having a bit more Agnes as Misha wants? I, I would love it, but I also don't think we'll see much of her. Uh, kids are notoriously expensive to have on, on set. And it's, mm. I, I hope they mention her. I hope that, I would say that I hope that Liz goes to see her and whatnot, but I don't think she will because I don't think she's in the space that she can. She's bent on revenge. She's angry. She's, I mean, and she talked about that with Scotty. She said, you know, she she can feel it. She can sense it. And I don't want to put that on her. And so she's doing exactly what I think Red did and trying to put space to give give that space and give the kid her best chance. And it'll... And when it's too late, she will not think that coming back to her disrupt the happy life after traumatic events is going to be in her best interest. Maybe. She would be too angry, like Red, angry, uh, um, not thinking that he can, that she can be a good parent. I think it will depend on how far Liz goes. I mean, I, I see people on all sides of the fandom with various ideas of how far Liz should go. You know, she should bow down his feet and beg apology, or she should... I saw someone say today that she hoped that Liz stabbed the pen in the other side of the neck and let him bleed out. I was like, that's a bit intense, but okay. <laughs> um, I mean, well, so I we report from, from Reddit that there is a lot of people on both sides, people who think that Liz should be more grateful and people who say that man is a sociopath yeah. and somebody needs to stop him. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. On Tumblr, I've seen both sides of the of the story there. I probably fall a little somewhere in the middle. Um but yeah, we'll get to that along with, with our own opinions. How about the decent answers? Oh, yes. That's the one I said was very fair. I, I wasn't sorry. Mm -hmm. The decent answers is what I was cheering there because, yes, I would love decent answers. If we end this story, uh, because I don't think NBC will, will cut something like the blacklist off without giving them a chance to tie it up. Um, and so yeah. I, I do believe that John will ha the Johns will have a chance to give their answers at the end. And I do, as many complaints as I've had over the last several months, over the last year or so, um, I do believe that Boken Camp came into this 
knowing what his ending was and hasn't strayed from that. Uh, mm. With his, I, I also don't think that his end game is a romantic thing. And so I know a lot of people go, oh, romantic end game. It's like, that's different. That's, that is something that happens. Yeah, there's going to, you know, either her, you know, she's alone in the end or she's with someone else or Tom's alive or what have you. But that's not the end game. This story isn't a, I mean, yeah, there's romance in it, but it's, I don't think the center of it is. It's who is Red and why is he yeah. doing this? It's it's a story What's about. What's his relationship to Liz? Yeah. What is he doing this? Red and Liz are at the center of it. Um, And so, yeah, I want decent answers. And I, I do think we will get, I, I do think we'll get them. Um. If we're fully satisfied or not is going to depend on each individual. Um, I mean, because there are things that each person finds more important than the others. The writers have their things that they feel are important, while someone who's a wrestler fan may feel like if we don't touch on Tommy Markin again, this is not like that's not doing wrestler justice. Or with Red, if we don't touch on this, then that's not doing Red justice. Or if Tom's back you know the rest of tom's background isn't explained and that's not doing tom keen justice and you know all of these things that's not doing the characters justice we feel very strongly about that because those are our characters that's at least in part a lot of people who are fans of the you know very very intense fans of the characters like i am we follow a lot of the story because of that it, it very much influences the way we view the show and so Decent answers is very object or very subjective, excuse me, a very subjective mm-hmm. thing. And I think that we will get the answers that John set out to tell. Um, I think we will get the story that he set out to tell by the end of it. Um, if we agree with it or not, I don't know. Um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I do think that his his answers will be there by the end. And I I hope I'm not just being absurdly optimistic here, but but networks have gotten a lot better in recent years. Even when they don't feel like their show is profitable, they will still... It just they, has a better value at the end. It does. Them because it, they can sell it as a package. Exactly. Something that is going to leave your viewers really angry at the end doesn't quite mean they come back to NBC. Because then why are you going to keep watching something when the next time they're going to pull it under your feet? I might as well go to Netflix and watch something that I know has eight episodes already there. And they tell me that they're going to finish the series like they did with House of Cards. Exactly. There is a tendency to do that. To, you know, what whether it's true or not, you know, of, well, they canceled my favorite show and left it open-ended and they screwed me on it. And it's a very emotional reaction, but it's one that a lot of us have, um, especially ones that get very deep in the fandom. I, I think that networks have just gotten better about, and especially for shows shows like The Blacklist that have been on about to be six seasons. And so at the end of season six, that's a lot of episodes that have aired. That's a lot of time and effort. NBC now owns 50% of it. If they have not, you know, if, if this is the final season, I think John knew that going in, whether they admitted it or not. If it's if they didn't say that and they come to the end and it's a, a cliffhanger, I think that NBC will give them I, I, I enough to finish. Mm-hmm. Enough to finish yeah. is what I'm going to say. I just, okay. I hate the filler episodes. I feel like we've had a lot of filler episodes. But, I mean, it, 
it's a pacing thing. It's it'll work out in the end. I I just want just like like our friend here, I want decent answers. And in the end, that's what's gonna matter. I mean that, that I'm here yep. for the mythology. <laughs> so all right, so uh, the next individual, we've got someone else from Tumblr, PKJ's blog. Um, I'm not sure I've actually had a whole lot of interaction with them, but they were, like, on the money when it came to responding, so kudos, person. Um, I don't know if you're a guy or gal, but kudos. Um, the two things that they human. mentioned... Yes. Wonderful human being. <laughs> Wonderful human being. Thank you. Um... So, uh, PKJ's blog said, more Reddington and Agent Keen as a team, and, uh, just wants to survive the, the, the blacklist. <laughs> and I had a, I had a note in here. I said, that is such a mood. I just want to survive this. <laughs> I feel like it's been such a roller coaster. I just want to get out of it alive. <laughs> and I'm going to go out here and, and, and insert a person anecdote today i am i am probably these days far more active in reddit than i am in tumblr and i was talking with somebody about the the general uh, moodiness prevailing nowadays because it's been so long and i ended the 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 answer to this friend with somebody that i've been corresponding probably since 2014 um that at the end, the people who are looking at this as a puzzle they want to solve, we're going to be the ones in a, you know, like shipwreck people, you know, hanging on to a coffin and <laughs> hoping to be picked up, you know, to go with the theme that we have had about Ahab. So to see this of wanting to survive the blacklist is it's interesting because there is a feeling then that I'm, that I am, always interested to see how those things kind of happen pop at the same time that we are a in a well we are almost in a shipwreck and, uh, and we're in a ship and the ship is sinking and, and not not sinking in quality not sinking in in any of this because i continue to be a big fan sinking in the sense that we're in the in, in this ocean with a storm that is brewing around the characters and you know that that is it might take them down it might be just like that scene where Liz takes down the plane which was a totally crazy thing to do but in a way it feels that what the story is going is somewhere there I mean this is something that Liz is going to take this ship down because secrets put people in harm's yes. way Tom was right there. It, it feels mm-hmm. like it feels almost like an open wound. I mean, like it it just everybody's scared and it's it's draining and it's it's terrifying. And, you know, so much could go so wrong so fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then there is like little Aram and some uh, Samar and Aram uh, that are happy. Oh, no, no, no. That's where it gets dangerous. Don't be happy. <laughs> that's where you get that's where it's dangerous. Be careful, guys. Oh, no, I, I joked that, I mean, that was one of the reasons I thought that um, that we'd be rapping soon was when Samar and Aram got together um, was because Bokenkamp had said it one. It could kill them. Oh, gosh, don't say that. Um, hey, it's, have, they even said that they don't have a very good, you know, history of 
writing happy. No, John John was like, I don't know. I, I think he I think it was him that said that I don't know how to write happy couples. And I'm like, no kidding, buddy. <laughs> Just stay away from That's my couples. My guy. <laughs> I like happy couples in real life. I hate it in stories. Oh, no, no. I, I'm a big fan of teams, teams hitting, hitting hard at, at outside stuff. But anyway, um, so more Reddington and Agent King as a teen. It's a, I mean, that is basically season three and season three A and five A. Yeah, I, I am afraid, friend, that we may not get that very quickly. Maybe by the end, who knows? But I don't think that's uh, that may that may be one of the more far fetched things. Don't worry, I've got a far fetched one too. <laughs> I I have a feeling that at one point we may get like listen Jennifer ready to kill Red and you know they have him all gagged and all that and so that he cannot speak and get them all confused and then there is this voice that comes from you know somewhere and says girls and it would be Katarina nah so I, I think that, that definitely that that was a it was very rare to see them because even in season one they were yes they were working together but there was that that tension there was like that flip flop mm-hmm. list that was happy and then she wasn't and and I think season three and three a and five a gave us that happy which basically was when she thought you know that either she was her fa- he was her father or that. You know, they were, he was protecting her and helping her. She trusted him. Um, yeah. It's when she trusts him and for good or for bad. I mean, it's, and that's yet to be seen. And, and she was, there was two elements in t- that, that overlap in season 3A and 5A. She trusted him, but she also was happy with Tom because it wasn't that long after when she realized Tom had come back. And had a plan to do something. So I think that there was there was a sense that her life was in order, and you know mm-hmm. she had a, a a father a father figure that was looking after her. Um, Cooper was looking after her in three A, and is looking it was looking after her in five A too, um, and and all that kind of exploded in her face, you know, in five B and three B. What happens in TV shows when you are happy? Watch out. <laughs> Two seconds later, everything's going to hit the fan. <laughs> All right. Sharon Crady uh, said, um, Norridarina, how do you feel about that? Let's just get the elephant in the room and talk about <laughs> it and get it out of the way. Because I, I think, you know, that my, my thing was like the next season is going to be Rederina versus Lissington. And boy, I'm not happy about that. Gosh, I just, my, my block is, there's a lot of people blocked in the fandom on Tumblr. Um, I, I am not a Rederina fan. I, I honestly, I thought for a long time uh, when, when certain people were pushing it, I thought it was a joke. Um, I thought it kind of became a shtick, you know, something that you, more or less believed because it, it was funny and it was a joke that got started and just, you know, you owned it because it was your joke. Um, apparently I was wrong about that. Um, and I, I will Water. say, 
I will say but that... But you leave some happy times. <laughs> I do, I do live some that. happy times in my obliviousness. <laughs> Sometimes I choose to be oblivious, I think, subconsciously. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was 5A for me, was choosing to be oblivious. Like, no, I, I had real reasons for believing Tom would live. Um, anyway, but... But saying that, I disagree with Red Arena. I don't, I don't see those signs there. I, I just don't think it's a thing. Um, but I, I believe anybody should be able to voice their their opinions and their their theories, well, and just to, I mean, just be kind to each other. You know, <laughs> like yeah, to I, agree, I, I, agreeing and disagreeing. Like you don't have to agree with every theory because that's that's silly to expect people to agree yeah. with every theory just because it's yours. So. Just be polite about it. I have, I, I mean, honestly, when I first examined the, the theory, like I've examined, believe me, every single thing under the earth that have shown up in in a role reversal in extraterrestrials, in time travel, um, Agnes K, Killer Baby, and you mentioned it. I've actually done a careful examination of what they say are clues and look at them. Because if you're a theorist, you're obliged to do that. If you really have to, you have to you have to examine them all, whether you believe them or not, because sometimes we, we are biased. I'm not a theorist. I'm a character development person. So. <laughs> but, but I am. And, and I know yes. that some of our listeners yeah, also come for theories. Um, my objections to the arena have nothing to do with the worthiness of the idea. I think it would be a terrific idea. I think it would be awesome. Um, but it, it cannot go against canon. And and that's that's when you see the red herring. When you're, um, as I always say, Rederina runs against two giant walls on each side of concrete or, no, actually, polished granite with wire on top, which is Kate, one of them is Kate knows and doesn't know at the same time in order for it to function. And the second one is that it goes against a lot of canon. For example, Red said he was married to, to Carla, and, and that cannot be taken as, oh, it's in character. No, that's a lie. Because then he lied to, to Liz. So then once you take out he doesn't lie to Liz, you're left with nothing. So th- those are my, my objections to the theory. I do object to some people that are very rude and and uh, say that anybody who doesn't understand is biased or prejudiced or hate trans, uh, transsexuals. I think it would be as, as done as such for the purpose of hiding, I think it would be insensitive to transgender people who go through a lot of emotional pain in their life. Um, I don't think it is fun to watch something for which people suffer in real life be made into a pantomime of a charade of hiding. I, I think it's insensitive and it should be done in this case or in any other case. Yeah, I agree. So that's for Rederina. Um, The second is Red relationship with Carla and Jennifer. And boy, those things do intrigue me. Because that basically will prove whether I am right or so wrong. Oh, yeah. I'm halfway through your, like, massive post. I I need to find some time to finish it up. um, Because I, I have to have full, full focus when I'm looking at it. I can't just 
read between, you know, various bouncing issues. Um, it's very verbose. It is. It, it's very good. It's just, and I, you know, anybody that's listened to the podcast for any length of time knows that I have been not a supporter of the Katarina's Carla and Carla's Katarina theory. It's called Carlarina. Ca- I'm sorry. Carlarina. Carlarina. Yeah. Oh, it has a name. All right, we have a hashtag, everybody. Write it down. Hashtag it. Um, <laughs> Tessa's spoken. <laughs> but, uh, and so, I mean, like, I, I've never really been a fan of it. But as I was reading through it, I sent her a message on Tumblr. And I said, you know, I'm still not on board. But I see your logic. You know, I said, it's it's hey. definitely, I, I said, I see the steps you're taking. I see the path you're following. Because sometimes people, like, they, to them, it's logical. Like, they're following a path. But when they say it to someone else, or at least when they say it to me, I'm just going, I feel like you missed five steps there, and I'm not sure how you got from A to M. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it makes sense in their head. And sometimes they just can't vocalize it and verbalize it. And sometimes they really are missing steps. It just depends on the situation. But, yeah. it's I mean... It's really hard because there's so many different things yes, that collide. It's, it's like... Oh, goodness. Um, I don't even know what to liken it to. But, you know, those carnival rides that zoom in and out of each other and move all up and down. I mean, that's sometimes how it feels like, except instead of being stuck to a, a centerpiece, sometimes it feels you're, like they're you're just... gyrating in the air, too. Yeah, it's just it's everywhere. And I like I said, I do think there's a central goal here. I do think we have an aim and I do think that they're writing to it. I, I've had writers where I don't think so. Um, I, I won't mention the story, but for anybody that's known me for any length, my my last fandom before Blacklist, I am thoroughly convinced that writing team had no clue what they were doing for their ending. I remain at that. I do yeah. think the Johns know where they're going, and yeah. I do think Bogan and, Kim and, does. And definitely the relationship of Red with, and I'm talking about Red, the person, the, the yeah. differentiated from from Raymond Reddington. Our Red, uh, the relationship. Our Red has to have, yeah. Our Red has to have a relationship with Carla and Jennifer. I mean, that much was obvious. Man, I mean, you generally don't suck a punch to a guy that you have no relationship with. That that was highly emotional, and and that and the way he took it was. Also, like, you know, there you go again. It wasn't like, oh, boy, I've never seen you do that. Yeah, WTF, because I don't this, know you. This random woman just punched me. Why? <laughs> you know? yeah. This was like, there you go again. Um, so definitely I want answers about that because that's one of the bookends of, of, of the story. One is Kat- Carla and, and Jennifer, and the other one is Katarina and Liz. And that is definitely where the story is kind of sandwiched between. So that's a good one. The other one is uh, that Sharon Crady has is what happened at the Tacoma Park house. Did he just blow it because of memories of raising his family tormented him? Or did something terrible happen? And I think this is, you know where this is going. This is going into red story about the the bloody Christmas house. Was that that house? Yeah, and I I love that. I, I it's honestly I've I've always trusted that. Um, I don't know if I should or not, but but I always at least in part I have always trusted it that that he was, and I know I I've seen people say you know, oh well he wouldn't use his family like that for to get it you That's know me. get it a goal. Was that you? Okay, and yeah. you know 
I, I don't know, because Brett, Brett definitely has some sociopathic tendencies and the means justify the end, or the ends justify the means, and, you know, if that's what he needed to get at, maybe he did let himself wander down that little path there, and, because it was very emotional for him, and... I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not willing to just write it off. Um, I also, it goes back to, from the writing perspective, you have such a select amount of time for everything you're writing. There has to be a purpose for everything. I've been listening to a, uh, a podcast. I, I feel mm. so proud of myself. I'm, I'm podcasting. I'm actually listening to another podcast. Um, <laughs> like that never happened before um on script writing and uh the the two writers talk about a lot of times that you have to be very intentional with your writing and that everything has to have a purpose because you have such limited space and Mm -hmm. it's so true especially for something as mythology heavy as the blacklist is you have to be intentional with every story that you're telling with every prop that you're using every little easter egg that you drop even if you think that maybe five percent of your audience may notice on the first go around you still have to be that intentional and that's that's one thing that really bothered me when at 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 the end of 5A, at, at uh, 508, when I felt like I had misread, and Tessa and I talked about this, I don't remember if we talked about it on air, but I know you and mm-hmm. I talked about it privately, that for I, I had been getting so much right just by reading the characters and reading the paths and where they were going, this and that, and I read that one so wrong that it jarred me so badly. I said, it it's like throwing all the pieces up in the air. I don't know what's real and what's not in the story now. You have to be mm-hmm. able to have faith in it to be able to understand where it's going. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm circling slowly back around. <laughs> I'm getting there, guys. Getting well, there. I, I think I think then what um, and it's interesting and and I'm I'm glad that Sharon um, uh, got us into this path of discussing this because one of the things that I've been looking at is for a long long time I've been noticing the parallels between Tom and Red and and we've been talking about them in this podcast I mean I think that we even have two episodes devoted to Red and Tom. And the parallels and the relationship that is fascinating. And, you know, there were all kinds of theories that went around. And I examined them all. I mean, I've even examined that Tom was actually Red's son. I remember that um, one. That was that was a yeah. fun theory. I was never on board, but it was still fun. It was a fun one. And it, what it, is very complicated when you have a, a, a show that has so much semiotics in it. Symbols are not and are not a language like normal like 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 verbal language. If I say to you, "I have I'm eating an apple," you get an immediate notion of what I'm saying. But if I have the the language of symbols is putting an apple and then another apple and showing you apples all the time and you have to work out what that symbol means, what that is pointing to. Is that a clue? Is that a, a, a reminder? Like every once in a while, I'll show you an apple to tell you, you got to keep this apple in mind because at one point, this is going to be important because that's something you do when you write. You right. have themes and that you put in there and you keep them they may not be significant like it, the ring and 
and and Crispin Crandall that had a ring of the Navy. But it still you have keeps to, the ring in mind. You have to have an anchor for where you're going. Um, you know, a goalpost for where you're going and something to mm-hmm. aim to. And and to be able, you know, your truths. Um for the longest time, Red Doesn't Lie to Liz was a truth of this story. I think that as we've gone on, whether they'll admit it or not, um, it may be an intention of the writers to keep that a truth, but I, I don't think in reality it is true. Um, but I think, I, Red, I think Red believes it's true. I think Red 500% believes it's true. Maybe that's what they mean, is that Red believes he never lies to, to Liz. And I think well, that completely he would think that his wordsmithing absolves him from any any accusations of lying. It's, it, it's what he has to do because he's at heart an oh, honest yeah. man. And an honest man who has to keep secrets. And I, I, when you have to keep secrets and you hate to lie, you talk like that. So here it is. Um, I, I think that the, the, Tacoma, the, the, the Tacoma Park house is not that house. Because I don't think that house existed as people think. And, and, and that's what I was going with the parallels. Tom is an undercover agent. I think Red was trained by the major. And so if you think, I mean, re- cast your mind back to when in Redemption, when Tom has the fake wife and he gives that moving story of falling in love with her, that was probably had parts of truth to it. Probably it has someone else. He fell in love with Liz, and and then he took an element here that was right because that sells the lies, and then compounded with something else and created. It was moving. It was I, wow. I did believe that. I immediately went and wrote the backstory, the one shot that I added to my Keen Squared one shots of Liz and Tom and the snow <laughs> and the all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. I, I'm convinced I mean, that the story actually had to do more with Liz than anything else. I agree. Yeah. Because and, you, and you have to. It. You have to take elements. I mean, to be a an effective liar, to be an effective operative, you have to take seeds of truth and build off of those. Otherwise, you get – I mean, that's that's what that, – that's the difference between, you know, the good and the bad on there is that the bad liars get tangled up in the, you know, the, the tangled webs we, we weave, you know, sort of thing, mm-hmm. where they just, they tangle themselves up and they get caught in their lies and they tell, you know, they well, give themselves the, the away. More you, the more you get true to the truth, the better you are yeah. as you go along because there is less things to forget what exactly. you said to them. Exactly. But so that story, if you really examine it, had three parts. And I think that Red remembered something that happened running out of gas, walking in the snow. That part is true. And it was very moving because it was a, a cherished memory that he had of a happy time. Then he basically hijacks Liz words when he finds Tom with Zamani. There was blood. There was blood everywhere. That's all she could see was blood. And then it's just the memory 
him and this daughter and the hand in the cheek, which, by the way, went to the hand in the cheek when Liz died. Um, he put her hand in his cheek and told her not to go. Um, so I, 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 I don't know that that is true. And I think that that is a moment when you realize what an amazing covert operative Red is. Yeah. And, 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 and there he was. He, he was a fa fake kidnapping, fake torture. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but he was really padded. So when they used the, the, t the taser, he didn't feel anything. So it was everything was a charade. And then, you know, it, that wasn't that important. He could have just taken this woman to, to Cooper and they would have got, I mean, wrestler would have got the, the truth out of that. Just get a little, it, it, she, she wasn't that tough that way. So um, I I don't know, but it was it's a very interesting question, um, and I want I definitely want an answer to that. Agreed. Uh, was Red a Russian spy or a CIA agent or double agent that got left out in the cold at the end of the Cold War? I love this question. <laughs> I knew you would as soon as I because I I put together the notes this afternoon after work. And I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, Jenny's so organized. Tess is going to love this one. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, definitely, I want to know this. Um, I tend to think he is not a uh, CIA uh, Russian spy. The CIA, um, I tend to think not, but who knows? I mean, I mean as he said, naval intelligence. Attractive, but, yeah, attractive but treacherous. I do think that if he, I think that he is Reddington, uh, but definitely I think that it, it is entirely possible that he went in the academy already looking for spies within the academy. So he could very well be an FBI, a CIA agent. You know, they're attractive but treacherous. And I think Katarina was CIA, so there you go, attractive and treacherous. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's exactly what he was talking about. <laughs> Oh, I miss Mira. I miss Mira so much. <laughs> like, I understand why she had to go, but I I really wish we'd gotten to know her better. I know that sounds weird, because when you get to know someone better, you don't want to let them go, but I don't know. It just, there were so many questions about Mira, and I remember at the time that they, they talked about that they actually did want to delve further into her past. They just ran out of time, and... But they, they knew she had to die. I mean, and the the end of season one is such a huge milestone in a show because you have to to heighten the stakes so much. And mm -hmm. I, and so, like, I get that she had to go in that. And, I, and like, it was, it was very well done. It was very well written. And I, to this day, season one is just, like, it, it was just so tight and so amazing. Um, but... I just, I wish I had known more about Mira. I really do. Oh, I think I do. And I think she was Peter's spy. You know, I actually used that years ago. Um, and it was everything back to you. My, that huge AU where I swapped Liz's and Tom's mm -hmm. backgrounds. That, yeah, the that one I can't read. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm picking out pieces for Codename Gray. So you're getting, you're getting the good parts. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> The parts we had the confusion. Yeah, you're you're getting the parts that were like 110 percent mine out of it, you know. Um, and so, uh, but no, it's I actually used that in there, uh, in which Mira was working for the CIA, and Peter tried to bring her in, and she she told Cooper, she said, "Hey, you know, 
my loyalty is to this team. And he went, okay, well, let's use this, <laughs> you know? And they basically mm-hmm. sent her in as an undercover operative mm-hmm. with the cabal. Yeah, yeah, Mira, I don't know if a lot of people know this. Um, certainly everybody who has read my blog assiduously. But again, there are over 4,000 posts and none of them are, are, are you know, short posts. So Mira spent her life as a covert agent in the CIA. That means that technically she was under Peter. And and so, yeah, and and, uh, Diane was not aligned with Peter. Diane was aligned and was not aligned with Fitch, aligned with Peter. Because she put Mira in there. So that those are the interesting little tidbits that I also hope that we get the story. And it ties up to this, you know, what is really going well, on? They did because bring this they, is not what it seems. They did bring Mira back, uh, back up in season five when they were out at um, at Nick's yeah. funeral. They made sure to bring mm-hmm. her back up. And, you know, at the time I thought it was just a nice nod for the audience, you know, to go, mm-hmm. hey, remember Mira? We loved Mira, you know. But you may be right. They may be working that in. And they they play the long game in this. Um, sometimes longer than I yes. feel like they maybe should for a TV show. It's almost like – and, and – um, Boken Camp comes from a movie background. I actually went and looked up his IMBD credits. It's like a mini series kind of oh, uh, no. mindset. He, he's, he's not even a mini series. He's a movie movie guy. Um, mm-hmm. He has several movies to his name, uh, either Story By or uh, I think he did scripts on several things. I'd have to go back and look on the definites. Um, mm-hmm. But this is his, and, and I think I had heard that. I'd read that somewhere that this was his first TV show and that's why they paired him with Eisendroth and this and that. Which is fantastic. I, I that's that's so great that they do it's, that. For I love first I run, love the uh, the combination. It's a, it's a good yeah. marriage. Though. Oh, absolutely. They uh, did very the, well. But but anyway, what I was gonna say was that that may be the reason we have this, where it feels a bit longer than maybe it should in TV, is because he's used to working in movies. I mean, I get it coming from books. I I do certain things, and Tess has been reading my my scripts for my TV show that I'm writing. And she keep I keep getting notes back going, this would be great for a novel, not for a TV show, Jen. <laughs> you know? And that's that's kind of the same thing, is that you have certain things that you do for the genre you're used to working with, the, the type of writing you're used to working with. And some of those things linger over, whether, you know, no matter how hard you, I don't want to say fight them, because I don't think that's the right word, but no matter how hard you work to, to work within the parameters of your new new set there you're going to have things that made you that that formed you as a writer linger over and which make maybe end up being your strength because yes what Balkan Cap is doing is he's creating so. basically an open-ended miniseries he's doing a miniseries where he knows the beginning and he knows the end and then there is this accordion in the middle that can be made well, smaller or that's, bigger that's tv shows in general i mean whether the whether the network knows your ending or not the writer should always know their ending if they don't then yeah, something's they, wrong but there there are things that like the chicago franchise um that don't really have an ending I mean, okay, what's the all ending? Right. No, I mean, they're going to be right. relationships and That's... things, but but episodic things don't tend to have an ending. Okay, let me rephrase that. Um, for like the Americans, well, it's it's serialized versus um versus uh that other one. Um, procedural, serialized versus procedural. And so, serialized would be like Chicago Med, Chicago Fire, that sort. You know, no, that's uh, procedural. The, 
Oh, uh, no, no, you're right. Um, procedural is is basically where it, it starts and stops at the end of the episode. Serialized is like the Americans, where it's this long arcs that are going, and the blacklist is considered a hybrid. Um, and so they, they have their procedural elements to it, in which they have their blacklister, the, the bad guy mm-hmm. of, the, of the week, and they start and stop that episode, you know, uh, they, they finish it up, whether the guy gets away, whether they whether they arrest him, whether he dies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they also have these longer character arcs that are much deeper and delve mm-hmm. more into mythology than something like the Chicago series yeah. or any of the, uh, the wolf... Um, uh, Dick Wolf shows yeah. would any yeah. of those, and so I the the hybrids have become much more popular recently. That's yeah. that's been a thing. And well, they, so. they 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 cater to an audience that is generally more educated, mm-hmm. uh, that is um, also older and following and able to follow something from week to week. Mm-hmm. Um, for which sometimes I feel that the blacklist really improves when you watch it when you've been to watch it does i mean you you catch a lot of things and over the week you just forget I, but there, there is another element that makes a blacklist a um and i don't i haven't watched all the americans because i started watching the blacklist and i can only do one crazy thing at a time um and never again a fandom um but the blacklist functions not just in the procedural element and then on top of that there is the serialized element but the blacklist have also an underlying themes of that are not common to find in shows and which required an enormous amount of energy for the writers because you are basically asked them to put certain elements in Every episode you have, every episode has something that brings back Russia or the Soviet Union. Every episode will have, or a large majority of episodes would have a child in danger. Um, you have also clues that come up fairly often, apples, hair, um, you know, there's those little things make it incredibly complicated to write and keep those symbols straight the camera work um from the the promo pictures the colors used in in the shots whether the the mirrors that appear everywhere water as a symbol for red and they put it everywhere so those that to me is it's indicative that whatever we are going to get answers we are going to get answers but they cannot give you a definite answer about anything without giving the whole thing away. And that's that's why they pixelate it. They bring a few pixels and they give you something back. Uh, let's remember the fire app, but your memories may, may be uh, messed up. Um, uh, Red is her father, eh, but he's not Reddington. So they always do this taking give and take away that i find it to be fascinating and that brings us to our last question how did red get the burns on his back from there i so want to know that sharon you have no idea 
Yeah. Because those were serious burns. And they are. And it had to put him into the hospital and or at least, at least, yeah, potentially a coma. Oh, my God. Overdo the coma. Don't overdo the coma. Um, <laughs> what was well, it? Liz had a coma for a reason. Yeah, but then we had some more immediately following. Comas are just overdone and not often done well in, in TV writing. It just, it's rough. Um, when you but it's handy. It is handy. It, it is. I mean, and I I may eat the words. Believe me, I may eat the words. Because, like, it's funny. when I, You're already knowing it. I mean, I can see it in your face. You can't, you guys, you can't see Jen's <laughs> face. But she's already knowing that. Oh, no, no, no. It's I like, I honestly, I will never go back and re-listen to our podcast. Because, like, especially, like. God willing that that my show Codename Gray ever gets you know off the ground and gets picked up somewhere, I am gonna eat so many words when I get to LA. Uh, I mean, even if I'm just on a writing team of things that I was so high and mighty about, I'm gonna look back and go, oh, well, all right then, you know, <laughs> that was stupid. I I was ignorant, wasn't I? <laughs> and I I will have been. It, it will have been just as long as long as if I really don't have the, the hubris to think that any of the writing team and or anybody from the blacklist listen to us. But if they do, please know that that any like anything I'm getting wrong on writing uh, on on the writing rounds and the character development rounds and that it is out of ignorance. And I do have the utmost respect for you guys. So that's going to wrap us up for our first half of our 67th episode of Keen Minds, the Season 6 Wish List. So Part A, you can find us on SoundCloud. I'm out of practice here. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. And catch us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Tumblr. And we'll see you next week for the next one. Yes, goodbye.